Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. I got a stacked show for you today. Producer Joe, how are you today? I'm doing good trying to get the ghosts out of my I machine know, man, here. We've got Jeez. so much going on. We're, so, we're rapidly expanding, folks, and we're rapidly expanding comes technological growing pains. I was doing a, a hit on Fox News last night and Trish Regan's new show on Fox Business, and my, I kid you not, my entire studio crap out i literally got the thing going literally i hate literally because it's the most literally overused word in english literally language is, yeah. about five minutes before the window opened for the hit we had to unplug stuff replug stuff in reboot stuff oh it was incredible last night so um today's show today's show is gonna we're gonna start off talking about deep state hijinks major major break yesterday the story's being downplayed just about everywhere outside of uh fair media outlets which are relatively few like fox but CNN and MSNBC, um, you know, the, the, the worst in the business, are downplaying this story. But it's a huge break in the deep state hijinks. So stay tuned for that. Don't miss, don't miss a beat. All right, today's show brought to you by our friends at Policy Genius. These guys are great over there. Life insurance is really important, but one third of people don't have it. That's because it's really hard to buy sometimes. You have to work out what you need and do the research to find the best quote. And you hope you don't get swindled along the way. That's not a good way to shop for anything, no less something as important as life insurance. So Policy Genius made the whole process a lot simpler. You cannot find a simpler way to get life insurance. The right thing to do. Policy Genius compares quotes from the top life insurance companies to find the best policy for you. It takes just two minutes to get a quote. And if you don't know the first thing about insurance, they've got all the tools you need to get you up to speed. Learn the difference between term and whole life. Calculate how much coverage you need and be sure you're making the right decision. Policy Genius will help you there. In fact, over 4 million, 4 million people have used Policy Genius to shop for insurance. Policy Genius doesn't just make life insurance easy. They also compare disability insurance, home insurance, and auto insurance. If you care about it, they can cover it. So whether you know a lot about life insurance or nothing at all, start your search at policygenius.com. In just two minutes, you can, get, uh, you can compare quotes and make an informed decision for you and your loved ones. Go check it out, folks. Our sponsors want to be here. They want to talk to you. PolicyGenius.com, PolicyGenius.com, the easy way to compare and buy life insurance, PolicyGenius.com. Hey. What, you look all excited or something. I What's still up? got you. Oh, good, nice. <laughs> yeah, very nice. Yeah, yesterday we had a technological, I don't know if you go back and listen to yesterday's show, folks, because uh, uh. you know I like to break down the fourth wall. There's like a two-minute period where Joe's connection disappeared and I couldn't see him. If you could figure it out, I'd be happy to know. <laughs> It'd make me laugh. We, we lost him for a second and he came back. So, Folks, we're sitting here doing the show and I'm ripping my hair out trying to make it sound right. Oh, my uh, goodness. Anyway, I, it sounded good. Thanks, yeah, guys. Yeah, we did. You fixed it up, so you're the best. All right, deep state hijinks, folks. Fully in effect. Now, I, 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 I put here in the title to the show, so I made sure I got this across. Let's... Let's not bury the lead. The lead first is we had a major expose on a FinCEN case about uh, FinCEN's a financial crime uh, enforcement network. That's what it stands for, FinCEN. It's an acronym, Financial Crime Enforcement Network. I used to use it in the Secret Service. I'm going to explain to you how it worked. Someone was arrested yesterday, a woman, and there's some alleged co-conspirators in here. It's a government entity there. We have a representative over there. The federal government has a representative at FinCEN. It's a network. It's not just run by the federal government itself. Someone was arrested for leaking serious information. What's the headline of the story? And what am I trying to get across? It is more evidence that the deep state is real and it's not a conspiracy if it actually happened. A conspiracy theory, I should say. This actually happened, folks. So I'm going to walk you through again from step one. How this deep state story, I, and I, listen to me, I don't care what you call it. If the title bothers you because it sounds too conspiratorial and X-Files-y or whatever, uh, fine. I don't care. I'm not going to play the euphemism game. Right. Call it the deep state, the sloppy state, the slimy state, the smarmy state. Doesn't matter to me one bit what you call it. What I'm telling you is there is an entrenched bureaucracy absolutely hell-bent on enforcing their agenda, and that agenda isn't yours. You elected Donald Trump. And there are people embedded like ticks within the government that are absolutely hell-bent on taking down the Trump agenda. And this arrest of an employee for leaking sensitive financial documents is going to fit right into it. There's the lead. Let's walk you through it piece by piece why this matters. Evidence of deep state hijinks. Ladies and gentlemen, we now know the entire collusion narrative was made up. It was made up in conjunction with deep state operators, okay? 
I have to walk you through the beginning to get to the FinCEN part at the end, or none of this is going to make sense. All right. The deep state is real, the sloppy state. A crime was invented by people working within the United States government to target the Trump team both uh, before, during, and after the election. Before, because they went back far to check out some of these records, but they're still doing it now. They invented this crime. Well, how does this, what does this have to do with the deep state? We now know, breaking news today, that James Baker, the FBI lawyer, Joe, the general counsel at the FBI, big shot lawyer up in FBI headquarters, who was a, 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 a direct, I mean, was there directly with Comey, McCabe, Price Step, Stroke, all of the, tro- uh, the Trump-Clinton operators in the FBI. Jim Baker is there in the room with them, right? We now know he's going to go back to testify a second time up on the Hill. Jim Baker. Why is that important now? What does this have to do with FinCEN? Again, we're talking about this deep state conspiracy amongst folks to take down the Trump team. Baker met with Michael Sussman, a lawyer from Perkins Coie. A lawyer from Perkins Coie working with the Clinton team and the DNC. And it is now on the record, according to multiple reports, that the FBI was working with this Hillary Clinton uh, uh, lawyer that was working with Hillary Clinton in an exchange of information. That exchange of information, according to what people are reporting from Baker, is information about um, the, the, uh, the Trump conspiracy, the dossier and others. So we now have people in the upper levels of the FBI. I'm not going to spend too much time because some of this is rehash, but it's going to be important for explaining why the end of this, the FinCEN story matters, okay? So now we have upper level people in the FBI, Joe, an FBI general counsel. It's like a spy novel that actually happened, working with lawyers, working for a political campaign to sabotage, sabotage their uh, their opposition political campaign. Think about it. If anybody was going to snap, it would be that guy. (laughs) People miss those. I've been getting some complaints. Where's the drops? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we've been, Joe's had some stuff going on, so we've had some, but we're back. Don't worry. So now we know at the FBI, again, we're talking about deep state hijinks. We know bureaucrats at the FBI, a lawyer at the FBI, and potentially others were working with a political campaign's legal team to generate information about Donald Trump and his team. Got it? Moving on. This is under the inventing a crime portion of the deep state hijinks. Secondly, It's not just the FBI that's corrupted. We already know, again, if you're a listener to the show and you're reading my book, Spygate, you're getting a detailed uh, analysis of this. We know that at the DOJ, information is being piped into on the information superhighway from Christopher Steele and Glenn Simpson to Bruce Orr, who's the number four person at the FBI. Remember the name, Bruce Orr. It's going to come up in a few minutes in the FinCEN thing. Don't forget. If any of you forgot who he is, he's the number four ranking official in the Department of Justice. His wife works for the company hired by Mrs. Clinton to gin up the negative information on Donald Trump, his wife, Nellie Orr. So a DOJ's official, uh, the number four official of the DOJ, his wife is essentially working for the company, working for Mrs. Clinton. Yeah, I don't want you to forget any of this because it's going to be important in a few minutes. So now information is being pipelined into the FBI through a Perkins Coie lawyer working for Mrs. Clinton. Information is being pipelined into the DOJ through a guy, uh, Glenn Simpson, hired by the Clinton team through Fusion GPS to generate negative information. This is bypassing any traditional law enforcement channels. It is mainlining like a drug negative information into the highest levels of the government. Tell me again how this deep state stuff doesn't exist. Again, I don't care what you call it. This falls under the invent the crime headline. This is where the crime is invented. It's invented on this information superhighway pipelined into these deep state operators. The dossier is fake. The information is political that Mrs. Clinton's team gins up through Fusion GPS and Christopher Steele. It's fake. It's not real. The information is garbage. It is extensive garbage time, as Marv Albert used to say in the Nick games when they were losing in the fourth quarter. It is extensive garbage time. But the information needs to be there and needs to somehow make it to the FBI. But they can't do it through traditional channels, Joe. They can't walk into an FBI Washington field office and say, hey, we have some information about potential counterintelligence problems with the Trump team. Why? Because they'll be laughed out of there. Right. Wait, wait, wait. Who are you guys? Yeah, we're lawyers working for the Clinton team. To do what? To generate negative information on Trump. Uh, wait, what? Hold on, guys. Time out. So you're <laughs> telling me your opposition researchers that are trying to file some kind of a criminal counterintelligence or crime report against your opposition? Why? Because you have evidence? No, no. We have a guy who said he heard another guy say, who heard another guy say. They, <laughs> do you understand, folks? They would have been laughed out. You get in the point I'm trying. This information superhighway 
had to be pipelined into the upper levels of the FBI and DOJ. Why? Why? I don't think I've ever addressed this. Why not just go through the field office? If they were so confident that people were going to, you know, do what they wanted them to do anyway, if they were going to get this negative information on Trump and they were going to start an investigation anyway. Joe, has it ever occurred to you why they went right to the top? Now, the, the answer to some of you, you may think is obvious. We said, well, you know, the top, they're the decision makers. Yeah, I, they, they are, folks, obviously. But it's not just that. There's another reason here. What'd it be? <laughs> when you go up to, when, you, when you're in the Secret Service or the FBI, Joe, when you get up to a certain level, an SES level, Senior right. Executive Service, the right. appointments there are political. They're not based on merit promotion exams. Now, there's a debate if they're all political. I mean, the Secret Service, most people tell you, listen, even after the exam, there's still a political component to it. The point I'm trying to make, I saw this in the NYPD. I saw it in the Secret Service. You'll see it throughout law enforcement. Once you get in the NYPD to the captain level and above, Joe, deputy inspector, inspector, one-star chief, two-star chief, those are political appointments. Okay. Political meaning... There's no test for it. Someone in the upper level of the NYPD says, I want Joe to be a deputy inspector. There's no test. The same thing happens in the Secret Service. Once you get to the GS-15 level, GS-15 is an upper level supervisor. There's tests for all that stuff, even though with with the testing, there's still kind of a a component to it. There's still some at least controls over it. Once you get to the GS-15, which is a pretty high level, um, I don't know what that's equivalent to, like a military... um, captain or above it's pretty high level in the government you can be a special agent in charge of a major field office as a gs-15 those are political appointments after that into the ses ranks senior executive service it's called they're all political you want to pick some i'll give you an example george w bush the former director of the secret service uh carl truscott uh he was on he was the president bush's special agent in charge Bush becomes president. Carl Truscott later on becomes the ATF director. Uh, Moved him right over. Now, he, you know, something happened to him later on. It didn't end well for him. But point being, these are political appointments. That's the, you see where I'm going with this, Joe? Yeah. The reason the information was bypassed at the field office level yeah. is because these guys down there are not going to risk their careers in the early stages to put everything on the line for a political candidate, knowing that by the time they make it into the political appointment ranks five or 10 years down the road, these people aren't going to be around anymore. Folks, please understand what I'm telling you. I, I, I don't want to, I, I desperately try to avoid any air of pretension on the show. And I'm not patting my back. Yeah, I'm not patting myself on the back, but this is where yeah. having insight into how it works really matters and why this show is different. Yeah, thanks, man. That's good. If Joe Armacost is a three, four-year FBI agent in the Washington field office right. with very serious, credible expertise in Russian counterintelligence, isn't he the guy you want to go to to investigate this Russian collusion narrative between the Trump team, right? He's the guy on the ground working the cases. He knows the players. He has the contacts. He's working with the agency. He knows it. They didn't do that, folks. They bypassed Joe, went right to the top, knowing one, Joe would sniff for two reasons. Number one, Joe would sniff it out as being total garbage right away. Mm -hmm. He would call his sources in Russia or his sources in the agency and be like, hey, is there a collusion narrative here? Is Carter Page really a Russian spy? They would have been like, dude, this is the dumbest thing ever. And it would have been squashed. But secondly, it's probably 10 years before Joe's even eligible for some kind of a political appointment. Joe is now, although he'd like to have political contacts, Joe is a moral ups- morally upstanding guy, which most bureau agents are. I met with, I worked with them. I'm not going to tell you otherwise, just that, you know, they are, they're great. I, yeah, I worked sure. with them often. They are not going to risk their career for some political hack who just walked into the office knowing that the guy they're trying to hurt, Trump, could be president or could be president eight years later when they're up for a political promotion and the person asking to help Hillary Clinton's team may not even be around then. Now, you may say, well, Dan, doesn't the same logic apply to the higher-ups? No, it doesn't. It doesn't apply to the higher-ups. Jim Comey, Brennan, all of them, all of them were fully invested in the Democrat infrastructure at this point based on what they did in the Clinton uh, the Clinton case. They're fully invested in Clinton. Clinton's team knows that. They're not smart. They knew who to go to. 
They pipeline the information right to the top to these deep state operators. They pipeline it into Baker at the FBI, which I'm I'm assuming made it to Comey and McCabe. There's no way around it. And then they pipeline it into the DOJ, where the guy they're pipelining it into, Bruce Orr's wife's working for the company generating the information. So part number one, deep state hijinks, invent a crime, bypass the normal channels. Part number two, deep state hijinks number two. Weaponized intel to create the evidence. Weaponize the IC. Because remember, now it's not good enough to just create a crime with deep state operators. Baker, Comey, Bruce Orr. That's not good enough. Sooner or later, you're going to have to create some form of evidence. Why? Now, again, folks, these may seem like, well, why? Well, because you'd want to make sure that the crimes seem plausible. No, no, not really. The crime wasn't plausible. Hmm. They had to manufacture evidence. There was no crime. They invented it. So why would you need to manufacture evidence? Because at some point, their initial plan A of unmasking and using NSA type information based on the 702 queries, which I'm reasonably confident now were used. In other words, tapping into the NSA database to get information while unmasking Donald Trump's, in other words, wiretapping is effectively uh, Trump team member conversations, which we know happened with Mike Flynn and potentially others we, with these record unmasking requests. In other words, listening in on phone calls and then picking out the identities of these Trump team people. At some point, we know that dried up. Mike Rogers stopped it. So they needed evidence for what, Joe? To put inside of a warrant, a FISA warrant, to go present to a FISA judge to, to quote, legally be able to spy on the Trump team because they're at a minimum unethical, immoral unmasking efforts were already shut down. So they needed evidence. So deep state hijinks portion two, number one, invent a crime. Number two, weaponize the IC to create the evidence and the intelligence to back up the fake crime, which is exactly what they did. The unmaskings, the potential for 702 queries into the NSA database to search, uh, to search for metadata. This type of stuff was shut down. Rogers shut it down. It seems apparent at this point. They needed to get on the record in some kind of a, quote, legal way. So they used the FISA court where they knew the Trump team would never find out. Remember, this is not an adversarial court like you and I are used to, ladies and gentlemen. It is not a court proceeding where your defense attorney, if Joe's accused of terrorist like felonious mopery, Joe does not even find out about it when they go to the FISA court. The FISA court is a secret court. It's not adversarial, meaning Joe does not have a lawyer there. The proceedings are kept secret. They went to the FISA court because they knew they could spy on the Trump team using that. Ladies and gentlemen, now does it make sense why they sought a counterintelligence investigation rather than a criminal one? Please tell me this makes sense. Um, my co-author, Denise, in the book highlights this. Uh, there's a whole chapter on this that's going to blow your mind about how they quickly moved from a criminal to a counterintelligence investigation. This is the reason why, folks. The FISA court does not handle criminal inquiries. What court handles criminal inquiries, Joe? The regular courts, yeah. the district yeah. courts, the circuit courts. If you commit a federal crime, bank fraud, bank robbery, whatever it is, you're going to go to a federal court, a district court. If you appeal, maybe a circuit court, whatever it is. But you're going to go through the standard court system. You're going to have a lawyer. You're going to get initial appearance. You're going to find out what the charges are against you. You're entitled to a defense. They didn't want that. Why? Back to Deep state conspiracy number one, because they invented a crime. There was no evidence. They didn't want to go through the regular court system and try to charge Donald Trump with a crime because there was no evidence of a crime. So someone said, hey, 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 I got an idea. Yeah, let's just use the FISA court. The Trump team will never find out. We'll say it's a counterintelligence investigation based on this crime we just invented of collusion. Great idea. Yeah. Awesome. You guys are great. Give that guy a Tootsie Roll. Nice. Brilliant. (laughs) Brilliant. Brilliant. This is what they did. But in order to get to the FISA court, they had to manufacture some evidence. They needed something to put in front of a judge to make this thing seem almost remotely credible. Now, you may be fairly asking at this point. Again, I cover this in my book, Spygate. Please, please pick it up. It is in layered detail. 
I promise, just read the reviews. We have 401 five-star reviews. We don't have any reviews that aren't five-star. It's laid out in intricate detail how they made the transition from a criminal case to a CI case to hide what they were doing. Now, you may say fairly enough, well, if they're manufacturing evidence at this point, they know most of this is not true, which I'm sure they did. Then didn't they realize when they went to the courts that this was going to be memorialized in some paperwork and they would get caught later? Folks, no, and I'm telling you this for two reasons. Number one, they were absolutely sure Hillary Clinton would become president. Remember, these are political operators. They pipeline the information into the political bureaucracy of the DOJ and the FBI, not the, not the rank and file employees who actually do the investigations. These were political operators who were taking a chance, Joe. Oh, don't worry. Hillary will be the next president. Yeah. I'll get promoted. I'll be the attorney general. Brennan, whatever. Brennan wanted to be, I don't know what he wanted to be, a cabinet secretary or whatever in the Clinton administration. They all had political goals. You, you know, through all this stuff here, I bet the listeners were wondering, why the hell did you keep these texts? Why right. the hell did you because keep these Because they notes? were stupid. Because they were dumb. There is no explanation. Thanks, Dan. But they yeah. wanted, they all wanted promotions. Yeah. But there's another point here, Joe, too. Uh-huh. I, I believe this, and I, this is kind of, you read the book, you'll see this too. I, I believe they really thought they were going to find something. Really? I think they thought, invent the crime first, huh. weaponize the IC, whether through unmaskings, through queries into the NSA database to get the information, or whether through the John Brennan, quote, director level meetings. Remember, John Brennan's running the CIA. He's yeah. meeting with British intelligence counterparts. Uh, he's meeting with others from Estonia and other countries as well that, according to multiple reports, are exchanging information with the Brennan team um, about Trump. I believe sincerely in my heart that they thought they were going to find something, Joe. And I believe worst case scenario is they thought they later on the information they presented to the FISA court was going to materialize and turn out to be true. It didn't. Oh. That led to the oh moment. Right. After the election where they were like, guys, this is all garbage. We've tried everything. We've met with British intelligence. We've met with foreign intelligence entities about Trump. They got nothing. The unmaskings have turned up nothing. The 702 queries have turned up nothing. This has all turned up nothing. What do we do now? Now comes the breaking news we had yesterday. I'm sorry for the setup, but the setup is critical. We're talking about this deep state is real. This is a cons- It's not a conspiracy theory if it actually happened. We lay this out in a book in thorough detail. We have hundreds of footnotes. They invent the crime. They weaponize intelligence. They throw every single thing at Trump. Everything. The IC, John Brennan meeting with foreign intelligence because foreign intelligence can do whatever they want tapping into the Trump team. Bypassing U.S. intelligence uh, choke points. Unmaskings everything. They get nothing. Now, what happens? Now they have to weaponize law enforcement as well and law enforcement tools. Remember, this is a counterintelligence investigation, Joe. But the FBI has an obvious law enforcement function as well. So now they have to weaponize the FBI and the law enforcement, their law enforcement credibility and bona fides and their law enforcement tools to make sure they find something no matter what, because they've been investigating this guy for a long time without telling Congress. Remember, Jim Comey hides this investigation from Congress for eight months. He's supposed to brief them quarterly on counterintelligence investigations. He holds the investigation for eight months, claiming when he tells Representative Elise Stefanik, he tells her, oh, it was sensitive. That's the reason for the congressional briefings. You're supposed to tell them about sensitive stuff. He briefs them eight months later. So he holds this thing for months. Why? Because Joe, I'm telling you, Comey swore up and down in his head. I thought they were going to find something on Trump. They thought he was dirty and he wasn't. That's where this next angle comes in. Have stories up at the show notes today. They are must reads. Um, They are really, really, really good. There was a FinCEN employee. uh, What was her name? Natalie Sowers, who has been arrested on charges of leaking information from FinCEN to BuzzFeed reporters. I have the story. I also have the BuzzFeed reporters story. She's alleged to have leaked the information to hat tip one of my listeners, Judy, who does really good profiles on this stuff. She sent me the BuzzFeed articles. I've included the BuzzFeed articles, too. 
they're these they're those are the alleged recipients of the leaks. You understand what I'm saying, Joe? So oh, yeah. you can understand what yeah. was leaked according to the report. Now, what is FinCEN? Why does this matter to you? And how does this fall under portion three of deep state hijinks? The weaponizing of law enforcement tools. FinCEN's a financial crime enforcement network. I used it all the time when I was a Secret Service agent. It was very simple. Back then, it was a simple fax. Uh, it was a fax. Now, I'm sure it's all done over the internet. I mean, I was doing these investigations quite a while ago. Even though I'm only 43, I got the Secret Service when I was young. What you would do is if I had some kind of um, bank fraud case against Armacost for you know banking felonious mopery in the umpteenth degree, you put down every, you know, you might not know a lot about Armacost. You may just have some, some bank records or some social security number or birth date. You send it over to FinCEN, and FinCEN would then send back to us in a packet. Um, again, I'm sure it's all done on the internet now, but they used to fax them back uh, by secure fax, or they'd send it in the mail. They would send back what are called CTRs and SARS to us. Now, it's not a class in federal law enforcement, but this is interesting. There was an internal employee at FinCEN leak was leaking this stuff. You have to know what they are to understand how devastating this is and how the entire Portions of the, I don't want to be dramatic about it, sensitive portions of the federal government, which have access to your deepest, darkest secrets, folks, whether it's the NSA database, whether it's subpoena power, whether it's your bank records, your business records, we're all using the power of the federal government to make Donald Trump's life and his business an open book for the sole purpose of prosecuting him. They went after their phone calls. They wiretapped their phone calls. They went after their bank records, their business records, their meetings. They, we- they weaponized foreign intelligence against them. FinCEN was the last straw. Now, this is on the take it east front that some things are happening. Again, I'm not trying to tell you Jeff Sessions here is the Messiah. I'm just telling you things are happening. We now got the, the they have the Wolf prosecution going on. I'm not so sure Wolf's not cooperating, by the way. We'll see. I'm a little disappointed how that was handled. But now we have this woman, Natalie Sowers, who was arrested, and here's what she was given up. The SARS and the CTRs, what are they? Or the SARS in the report. SARS are suspicious activity reports. So if I was looking at Joe for being a potential money launderer, I would get back these suspicious activity reports. And what they are is they are filled out by banking institutions, uh, basically what they are when they send suspicious activity. They're very simple forms to read. They're not complicated. You don't need an MBA in finance. They're not like reading quarterly reports. They are simple, easy to read reports. There's a small synopsis at the end, and, it's, and there's little boxes that are checked about what they're suspected of doing. So, Joe, the reason I mentioned CTRs too, mm-hmm. if you make a bank deposit of $10,000 or more, a currency transaction report has to be filled out. That's right. has to be. It's to prevent money laundering. So drug dealers don't open up bank accounts and dump 500000 in cash in an account. Those CTRs are logged, and FinCEN has them. Now, because you made a deposit of over $500,000 does not make you a criminal. It just makes the, gives the government and the IRS an interest in it. I'm not arguing the benefits or merits of it. I'm just telling you how it goes. So what will happen typically, the overwhelming majority of SARS I read, suspicious activity reports. So follow, you'll get a little bit of inside baseball here. The CTR is just a standard report. Whether it's suspicious or not, it doesn't matter. Joe deposits $10,000 in the bank. It's a CTR. It doesn't mean you did anything wrong. It just means the IRS is being notified and FinCEN will find out about it. It happens all the time. The suspicious activity reports are, in my experience, are typically filed for something called structuring. Meaning, let's say Joe, you know, or, or, or let's say, I wouldn't even, I don't, Joe's only felonious smoke, I don't like him when it's serious stuff. Let's say some guy, you know, Joey Bag of Donuts or whatever, he is a drug dealer and has 500000 but he wants to start a bank account. But he knows about CTRs. Most of them do. He doesn't want the IRS finding out about it, and he doesn't want to generate a CTR. So what does he do, Joe? He deposits the money in small bits. 5000 here, 6000 yep. here, 7000 there. That's called structuring. The okay. bank's not stupid, folks. The bank does this all the time. The bank will file a suspicious activity report. Now, I'm telling you, 99% of these things turn out, man, maybe 90% of them, Turn out to be nothing. Maybe Joe was a legitimate business guy. He had a construction company. He just had a a busy year. But some of them don't. Why I'm bringing this up and giving you a little background is not to bore you to death. 
to tell you that in my experience, the majority of these things have nothing to do with criminality at all. They're just suspicious activity reports that have something to do with it. Just, a, uh, you know, the way, you know, I had a big year this year with the podcast and everything. We've deposited money. I, who knows? It could be a suspicious activity report on me. To have this information leaked, Joe, is devastating. There was an employee now in there, this Natalie Sowers, who's now alleged to have taken the information. She's an employee at FinCEN. This is going to get interesting in a minute. Remember the names. She takes the information. She was caught with a flash drive, and she's alleged to have given it to these BuzzFeed employees. Now, when you read the BuzzFeed stories they wrote, the stories, shockingly, have nothing to do with Donald Trump. They have a lot to do with people who may have known Donald Trump, people who met at the Donald Trump Tower meeting and how there was some suspicious activity on their bank accounts. It has nothing to do with Donald Trump. Why does that matter? Because again, it feeds into the panic narrative that they had to fabricate evidence. And when they didn't have it, what did they do, Joe? The FBI and their uh, uh, the DOJ and others had a, quote, Media leak strategy. Oh, remember that one? So in other words, the evidence not materializing that they actually have a crime. So let's leak it to the media to create what, Joe? What do you think they wanted? A special counsel investigation by Bob Mueller? Erroneous. (laughs) Play it again. Erroneous. One more time. Erroneous. Once more. (laughs) Erroneous. Yes. Yes. This is what they, they create a crime weaponize the intelligence community give us the evidence the evidence turns out to be garbage horse manure what do they do now Uh uh-oh we got to cover our tracks let's engage in a leak strategy with deep state operators fincen and others we'll get the information to the media creating the impression joe that there's suspicious activity this has nothing to do with trump we'll ask for a special counsel and we'll keep the investigation attention on trump hopefully win in the midterms get an impeachment gone he's out of here nobody speaks of this ever again wow oh that's a conspiracy theory it actually happened for this arrest happened you you think i'm making this up read the show notes here uh, yesterday on the piece uh, from uh, the Fox News that comes up at my uh, my website. Check this out. The show notes. And just weeks ago, one secret text messages revealed that anti-Trump FBI officials Peter Stroke and Lisa Page had discussed a, quote, media leak strategy amid the Russia probe. Stroke and former deputy director Andrew McCabe were both fired for their conduct during the probe. Here's the quote from Peter Stroke to his girlfriend, Lisa Page. Stroke is leading the Trump investigation, folks. I had literally just gone to find this phone to tell you I want to talk to you about media leak strategy with DOJ before you go. Then he celebrates days later about an article that was published in the Washington Post about Carter Page. Folks, it is so obvious what happened here. You have to be an idiot. This is why people can't put the book down. We lay this all out. They had a strategy after the evidence they tried to use to buttress the fabricated charge they made up of collusion. They had a strategy to make the evidence and everything and the case go away by leaking to the media suspicious activity reports from FinCEN and others that had absolutely nothing to do with the Trump team, but gave the impression that there was this haze and cloud of Russian influence over the Trump team. Now, I told you to remember the names. This is where it gets crazy. One of the assistant directors at FinCEN. Wait, before I go there, I'm sorry. Let me time out a second. There is a co-conspirator in this case. I'm not going to say the name yet because it's not confirmed, but the Washington Post has leaked some potential information on it. What's critical here, Joe, is this woman, Natalie Sowers, who's been arrested now with the flash drive in hand, right? On very serious allegations of leaking SARS to BuzzFeed, suspicious activity reports about people involved in the Trump Tower meeting, but not the Trump people. There's multiple credible reports that she has a co-conspirator here. No one will say who it is, but the allegations lead to that it's possibly someone at the upper level management of FinCEN. Now, what's fascinating, Joe, is FinCEN, the Financial Crimes Enforcement Network, has six assistant directors. 
One of them just happened to work for a guy at the DOJ. At the D.O. Jizzle. For shizzle. Who was that guy that they worked for at the DOJ? Oh, he worked for Bruce Orr. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that church lady time? Isn't that special? Isn't that special? So an AD at FinCEN, there's an alleged co-conspirator here. In other words, there's credible reports that this lady was not working alone. One of the ADs used to work for Bruce Orr at the DOJ, whose wife is working for the company Fusion GPS, ginning up the fake evidence fed into the FBI to prosecute the Trump team. Now, 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 why is this so fascinating? Well, it's fascinating because it makes you wonder what direction this information was flowing. I'm going to get to that in a second. I'm sorry, I got to pay for the show here. But this part blew my mind. I had one of those eureka moments this morning. Don't go anywhere. All right, as always, thanks for your patience. Our sponsors love to be here. They love to talk to you, and it keeps the show free. So I really appreciate your patience. Today's show also brought to you by our buddies at GenuCell. Only one week left to get the GenuCell Sunspot Corrector for free, which my wife and mother-in-law absolutely love. For sunspots, aid spots, and even red inflamed patches. I love the GenuCell Sunspot Corrector. It's my go-to product every day. I have sunspots and age spots, and I can see a definite difference in my skin. These are emails we actually got. This one's uh, from Renee from Boulder, Colorado. She was raving about the brand new GenuCell Sunspot Corrector. And for the next two weeks only, you can still get this sunspot miracle free. But time is running out to try this wonderful special. Seriously, my wife really digs this stuff, especially in Florida where the sun can eat up your skin. Watch your sunspots vanish and your bags and puffiness, gone, gone, gone. And for results in as little as 12 hours, the GenuCell immediate effects is also yours free. Text the word young, young, like the opposite of old. Text young to 77453. Text the word young to 77453 to get the GenuCell sunspot corrector free with your order. Order now and receive Chamonix's luxury microdermabrasion also free. Rejuvenate and unclog pores for instantly radiant baby soft skin. And for one more week, shipping is also free. Don't forget to text YOUNG to 77453 now. That's YOUNG to 77453. My wife really digs the chili on this stuff. It's really good. She's like, hey, get me some more of that. Like, hey, uh, you know, I can't, I don't want to get greedy with them, you know? Okay. Getting back to the show. So the direction of information, ladies and gentlemen, if you've been a regular listener to the show, um, not that we've assumed anything, but we've been running along the, with the theory because we only talk about what we can, uh, what we think we can, we can prove based on evidence. I mean, unlike liberal media outlets that have invented Russian collusion, our story is actually true. This brings up the information flow. We have assumed, many of you have assumed, and Joe, I'm sure you have as well, that the information flow this entire time was running from Hillary Clinton's team, which was paying Fusion GPS to generate negative information on Trump. Fusion GPS pays Christopher Steele, this former British spy. Christopher Steele goes to his his Russian sources, which he doesn't even go to Russia. It's alleged that his buddy Ed Baumgartner gets a lot of the information. He gets the Russia stuff, gives it back to Fusion GPS. Fusion does what with it, Joe? They pipeline it into the FBI where Christopher Steele becomes a source. Mm -hmm. He's then fired later on, deemed not suitable for use for leaking to the media. But also, it's pipelined into the DOJ where we know, one, uh, Bruce, it's going to Bruce Orr, and we know his wife is working for Fusion GPS. So we're assuming, just to be clear what we're talking about, in this deep state takedown, that the information flow is from Hillary Clinton paid folks into the DOJ and FBI. We're assuming it's one way. Yep. Folks, have we been wrong about this the whole time? Have we been wrong about it? Not that it, we know that information flow happened, but have we been wrong about it the whole time and assuming it was only one way? Was there a yellow marker on the street? You know, the yellow markers, two-way traffic, right? <laughs> was, it, was this a two-way street? Folks, the fact that FinCEN, that has access to all of this banking information, is now alleged to have been leaking hundreds, if not thousands of documents on banking material to people in the media, and one of the folks at FinCEN was an employee of Bruce Orr's. 
I'm just asking the question. Was this information being fed to Orr and then fed back to Fusion GPS? Think about it. Think about where I'm going with this. Now, again, some regular listeners, you'll get this. And this part is, uh, some of this is detailed pretty, uh, I keep I keep mentioning the book, but we were number 11 on the New York Times bestseller list this week, so we're rocking and rolling, thanks to you. But was this a feedback loop? Here's where I'm going with this. There have been multiple occasions in this case where Michael Cohen's name has creeped up but it was the wrong Michael Cohen. Why does that matter? Ladies and gentlemen, my experience with FinCEN is if you have a rather, Joe has a rel- relatively unique name, so do yeah. I. There are not many Dan Bonginos. Matter of fact, I don't know if there's another Dan Bongino anywhere in the United States. Um, there's probably a Joe Armacost somewhere in the world, but it's a yeah. relatively unique name. Michael Cohen is not a unique name. Either is John Smith, John Brown, Sarah Moore, Sarah Smith. There are hundreds of thousands of these it is almost impossible in my experience as a criminal investigator to narrow it down if you don't have an identifier a social security number or something else what's fascinating about this case is information appears in the dossier about michael cohen and his travels overseas joe to prague to coordinate this big internet conspiracy to get hillary's emails that's in the dossier but according to some very credible reports on this from people who've been doing real homework on this that I talk to a lot, the Michael Cohen who traveled to Prague, Joe, was probably not that Michael Cohen. It was probably another one. Wait, 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 wait. Wait, there's more. We need Fritz from the infomercials. Wait, there's more. Avianti resurfaces here, too. You know, creepy porn lawyer, Avenatti? Trump calls him Avianti, so I prefer Avianti. Avianti, the creepy porn lawyer for Stormy Daniels, resurfaces here too. You remember months ago him making some allegations or kind of hinting around at the fact that they had some suspicious activity stuff on Michael Cohen? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right, Joe. Joe's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, Joe perks up. Oh, yeah, he usually keeps his head down. Oh, yeah, (laughs) Michael Michael Cohen. (laughs) Where did that come from? Yeah. Were suspicious activity reports from Vincent on a Michael Cohen, but not that Michael Cohen, Trump's lawyer, making their way somehow to people associated with the Stormy Daniels orbit? Ladies and gentlemen, if that is the case, this is an even bigger deep state takedown than we even thought. Now, I I should have put the lead out here first on this part of it, right? Because this is critical. Again, we're talking about a deep state takedown. The deep state people doing this, they fabricate a crime, they need evidence, the evidence doesn't materialize, so they start leaking information later that looks suspicious but it's not necessarily criminal to the media to get a special counsel to make sure that their corrupt investigation gets flushed down the drain. It's important you follow this. But what if the people they were using to get the information, Fusion GPS, Glenn Simpson, Christopher Steele, the information was so bad, they had a Joe cloud seed it. You know when you seed clouds so it'll mm-hmm. rain? Yeah. What if someone said to him, hey, um, Glenn, over at Fusion GPS, listen, your stuff, you're producing this dossier, um, it, it's garbage. This is, uh, this is crap. Okay, this is garbage. It's not going to work. But I'll tell you. There's a source over at FinCEN that has some suspicious activity reports, and we have some text records and some travel records on a Michael Cohen. You didn't get this from me, buddy, but you may want to slide this into your you know, dossier or use this to buttress your claims in the dossier. And then tell you what, feed it back to the FBI, guys. It'll make it seem credible. <gasps> wow. Wouldn't that be fascinating? It's not special. We haven't done we haven't done the, uh, this week in baseball in a little while. How about that? How about that? Wouldn't that be crazy? And it would explain how information got into the dossier about a Michael Cohen traveling to Prague. Christopher Steele and Glenn Simpson have absolutely no access to text records or anything else. U.S. government databases. 
None. But the U.S. government does. What if that information was fed to him to put in the dossier to feed right back to the FBI? Now, there are, you don't have to go through FinCEN to get text records or travel records, but those Avianti things make me think, what's going on there? How did Avianti, creepy porn lawyer, get his mitts on what he alleges are some suspicious Michael Cohen financial documents? How'd he do that? Michael Avianti, he's, Avianti's not a, uh, last time I checked, Joe, he's not a federal agent, right? He hadn't been deputized, right? We didn't miss some, did we? Oh, he's a sick man. <laughs> That almost, that's so funny. It almost requires a monthly follow-up. <laughs> <laughs> Apollo go crazy. That was actually Joe Levin. <laughs> How did Avianti get this stuff? No, I'm serious. How did he get it? This guy's not a deputy. He's not been deputized. He's not a federal agent. He's not an officer of the court. Yeah. Folks, was this information coming from people at FinCEN, people buried inside the government, the intel community? Was it being fed on flash drives and others? to encrypted apps, back to Hillary Clinton's people, to put into a dossier, to use the dossier, to put into a FISA court warrant, to then get a warrant to spy on the Donald Trump team. Think about it. The story's bad enough already. The story now, though, and I believe this is what they're hiding. The story now sucks times 10. It's that the <laughs> FBI, but, but think about it, Joe. It's, I'm not saying it's defensible. But it's going to be an oh shuck story. Oh, well, the FBI took this information from Hillary's team and it turned out to be fake. Our bad. Folks, how bad would it be if the information they took into the FISA court was actually provided by government insiders who fed it to Hillary Clinton outsiders to feed it right back to the courts? Oh, I'm not laughing. It's not funny. It's just every day I pick up some new little tidbit in this case and I'm like, what? What? What's going on here? This is crazy. And the fact that we put together this entire file in the book, and I'm already familiar with the background, all the puzzle pieces finally are coming together. I'm going to have to write Spygate 2 soon. I'm serious. We're going to have to write the sequel. Spygate Part 2. <laughs> like, remember the Naked Gun? Naked Gun <laughs> yeah. Part 2. Naked Gun 33 and a third. I'm going to have to write Part 2. Because this all makes sense now. The transition from the criminal to the CI case to avoid the criminal court so they wouldn't have to show anybody what they were doing. The feeding of bogus information into the FISA courts, hoping it would materialize later and the evidence would. The evidence didn't. So they leak information to the media. So the media will gin up public support for a special counsel. The special counsel targets the Trump team to keep the attention on him, hoping to impeach him. To cover up what's a deep state insider conspiracy to potentially leak information out to damage the Trump team repeatedly. Now you know why nobody trusts the government? You give them your right, you give them your bank records, they're listening in on your emails. They were tapping into the metadata, tapping into the phone calls, tapping into their their uh, financial records. This is gross. This is grotesque. This is disgusting. <sighs> All right, uh, last read of the day. Again, I appreciate your patience, but I got a couple more stories I want to get to, but this is just mind-blowing. I want to sum that up for you again because I don't want you to forget anything I just talked about. Yeah, All yeah. right, today's show also brought to you by our buddies at Blinkist. If you want to, you know, if you're like me, the list of books here, I got tons of them. You just never get to all the books you want to read. And the book suggestions never end either. It's always expanding. You simply don't have the time to read all the books you'd like to read. Our sponsor, Blinkist, has solved your long list of must-reads once and for all. Blinkist is the only app that takes thousands of best-selling nonfiction books and distills them down to their most impactful elements so you can read or listen to them in under 15 minutes. I listen in the car. They have great books by Nassim Taleb, Adam Smith, which is great. Sometimes you don't have time to get through the whole book. So you get the blinks, get the insights. With Blinkist, you will expand your knowledge and learn more in just 15 minutes than you can in almost any other way. Plus, you can listen anywhere. Go check it out. Blinkist is constantly curating and adding new titles from best of lists, so you're always getting the most powerful ideas in a made-for-mobile format. Five million, five million people are using Blinkist to expand their minds 15 minutes at a time. Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com slash Dan to start your free seven-day trial. That's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K, like Blink, I-S-T, Blinkist.com slash Dan to start your free seven-day trial. Blinkist.com slash Dan. Remember, 88% of financially successful people read at least 30 minutes a day. They're hungry for knowledge. You should be too. Go check it out. Blinkist.com slash Dan.
So many papers all over here. We're getting so busy lately, Joe, and I think. Not bet. So again, I just want to tell you what, uh, uh, to sum this up. This is deep state hijinks. It's not a conspiracy theory if it actually happened. They invented a crime. They invented a crime going right to deep state operators. An FBI lawyer and Baker at the top and Bruce Orr at the DOJ. Here's collusion. Go investigate it. The problem is there's no evidence of collusion. Part two, they had to weaponize the intelligence community to fabricate the evidence to make the collusion seem real. John Brennan, CIA director, conveniently meets at, quote, the director level with British intelligence and others. They don't have to abide by American constitutional protections. They can tap whoever they want. And all of a sudden, this information exchange happens on the Trump team. Wow, isn't that nice? Unmasking happens. We know this for a fact. Record numbers of unmasking requests, which are effectively wiretaps. We know there was misuse of the NSA database, emails, texts, phone traffic. We know that. Because it appears in a FISA court investigation. It appears Mike Rogers shuts that down. Now they have to fabricate intelligence once their immoral, unethical wiretaps and other methods are happening to get back into the FISA court. To get to the FISA court, they have to fabricate information. How do they fabricate information? They go right to the Hillary team. The Hillary team gives them all they want, but the Hillary team keeps getting information wrong. They keep providing information on Michael Cohen and others, and it's the wrong Michael Cohen, which should ask, begs the question right now, where the hell was the Hillary team getting the information for? Oh, this guy at FinCEN worked with Bruce Orr. What's the relationship there? Were they piping information to Orr to go back to the to go back to steel and fusion GPS to go right back to Orr and the FBI? All happening while the lead investigator in the Trump case is leaking to the media and texting his girlfriend about a, quote, media leak strategy and celebrating their leaks to the media about Carter Page to create public pressure to get a Bob Mueller special counsel so they can make all this stuff go away in the end. What a scamorama. Dude, this, this has been this show has been a barrage of information. But Isn't for it? Some, you got to listen for, to it For twice. some reason, it's been easier to follow and understand than almost any other show that we've done for a while. I mean, it was sequential. You did it smoothly, and and, and um, thank actually, you. it was pretty simple. But well, I mean, I really enjoyed this. Buzzing. That was that's- well, thank you. But the break and the understand why I did it because I don't rehash old information. I mean, yesterday yeah. we I don't think we talked about this stuff at all. The break is last night. This huh. break in the this arrest of the FinCEN employee, and uh, huh. and critically, it's not just all right. So we had a FinCEN employee leaking SARS yeah. uh, about the uh, about people associated uh, with this investigation. That's nasty enough. But the really killer part, Joe, in this whole thing is yeah. the alleged co-conspirator, who they're oh, saying is an upper level manager. Oh, who may have worked with Bruce or at the DOJ. You're <laughs> like, what the hell? What is going on here? I said I read this last night. I'm like, I cannot wait. To, I would have recorded the show last night. I couldn't wait to get on the air. I'm like, this is incredible. Like every single time you turn your head, there's a new angle on this thing. But thank you, I appreciate it. It should have. Yeah, this one is pretty easy to find. Some of the connections, you know, the Kathy Rumler case, uh, the Fixer for Obama's White. Some of those shows are a little more difficult. Mm. This one's easy to follow. Invent a crime, weaponize mm-hmm. the intel to fabricate the evidence when it doesn't work out weaponize the media to gather evidence for a special counsel to make it all go away and then use government leaks to do it. It's as simple as that. I'm president and you're not. That's right. (laughs) And ultimately in the end, it's all that matters. Oh, let's see what else we got. Oh, well, this is an important story. Um, I'd like to give you a little bit of a heads up uh, on Democrat liberal narratives before they happen. Now, hat tip Wall Street Journal. I did not pick this one out myself. It didn't come from a source. Sometimes I... um. I run in some conservative activist circles and they'll, they'll feed me stuff. They'll say, hey, listen, here's what we're hearing, you know, whatever. Um, this one's straight out of the Wall Street Journal, but you haven't heard much about it. And it's kind of buried inside the story. Folks, this is going to be the new liberal narrative going forward on tax hikes in the economy right after the midterms. They're not going to say it now because they don't want to be on the record for tax hikes. But after the midterms, you heard it here first. Here's what's going to happen. So. The Democrats have been fully taken over by the socialist wing of their party. Obviously, the tax cuts, the Donald Trump tax cuts, they hate them because the Democrats need to control your money. Remember, don't mistake for a minute the Democrats want more of it. They understand fully that the tax cuts will bankrupt the economy and that they'll probably take less of your money because you'll be making less. Really, Dan? No, really, they're not dumb. They don't care about the money. They care about controlling the money, even if it's less of it. Don't, please don't ever make that mistake. The Democrats care about controlling the economy. It is not necessarily the amount. 
They just want to make sure that your money flows through them first because that's what socialists do. They're command and control people, right? I bring this up because they're looking for an excuse after the midterms. That's notable. After the midterms to raise taxes while simultaneously blaming it on the Trump team and the Republicans. You may say, well, how the heck are they going to do that? How are they going to raise taxes? Which was a, the tax cuts was a Trump Republican policy. Oh, the Democrats are very clever. They are very clever. I, I always, I can't stand their ideology, but I always respect their tactical maneuvering. So here's the new narrative, Joe. Oh, it's going to be the debt ceiling, the debt ceiling. Oh. So we'll be coming up against the debt ceiling again, which is a joke. In other words, there's a, a statutory limit of debt the United States government's supposed to take on. You're not supposed to supersede it. It's waived all the time. It doesn't matter. It's become a total joke. Unfortunately, I wish it didn't. But the debt ceiling debate is going to happen after the midterms, Joe. So in a very clever bit of Democrat kind of ledger domain here, here's what they're going to do. They're going to say, oh, you know what? We're up against the debt ceiling again, which remember, as I said during yesterday's show, has nothing to do with the tax cuts. Income taxes are at record highs despite the tax cuts because the economy is booming. The debt and the tax cuts have nothing to do with one another at all, okay? Nothing. That is a liberal mm-hmm. talking point. The debt problem is a spending problem. Even on the corporate side where we fell $100 billion short, even if that money were made up, we would still be $679 billion in debt this year alone. It is a spending problem. It is not a tax problem. But the clever Democrats... They want to blame it on the tax cut. So what they're going to do after the election is say, listen, we're up against this debt ceiling. We can't. They, all of a sudden, they care about debt, Joe. We can't take on any more debt. So the incumbent, the, the excuse me, um, the, the, uh, the right thing to do, it is incumbent upon us right now to take responsibility, the Democrats, fiscally responsible, which is a joke. We're going to be fiscally responsible, and we are going to push to get rid of these tax cuts. As a matter of fact, we're going to push for a tax hike. To get rid of the old tax cuts and even hike the taxes even more, because what we want to do is we can't allow the debt ceiling uh, to be surpassed. We can't allow. We've got to shut down this debt somehow. This is genius, folks. They take an argument about tax cuts that has nothing to do with the debt. I just told you yesterday. Look at the show notes from yesterday's show and the day before. The CNS news article and the article up on Gino.com about this. The t- income tax, even after being cut, income tax revenue are at record highs. This is not a tax problem. It is not. Even if you make up the $100 billion they lost in corporate taxes, which is nothing, we're still $679 billion in debt. It is a spending problem. So in, they, this is what they do. They love government spending because they love control. They don't want to make it a spending problem. So they are taking the debt limit argument, the debt ceiling argument, and they're turning it into a tax debate which is going to refocus and reframe. This is what the Democrats are good at. They're back to their devious strategy. They are good at reframing. They are going to reframe the tax argument, which please tell me you're clear on this, is not a debt argument. The tax argument is a growth argument. It has nothing to do with the debt. They are going to reframe the tax argument as a debt argument to blame it on the Trump team and say, hey, listen, the debt ceiling, you Republicans are all into the national debt. We're up against the debt ceiling. You're going to have to raise taxes. If they take back Congress, please, please, if you haven't voted yet, please vote. Please, please, please vote. Take 10 friends with you, folks. Email 10 friends. Call 10 friends. Social media posts, 10, 10, and 10. This is critical. If they take back the House of Representatives, I can guarantee you one of their first agenda items is going to be, hey, the debt ceiling's coming up. Sorry, folks, we got to raise taxes, pay off the debt. It will not pay off the debt. It has nothing to do with it. We just cut taxes and raised record income tax revenue. But it's another slick, devious, destructive Democrat ploy to frame a tax hike argument, which is a liberal socialist argument, in a conservative way. Oh, we're looking to pay down a debt. They are completely separate entities. I saw it in the Wall Street Journal today. You hearing it on the show here? Be ready for it. You guys and ladies out there are activists. Don't wait for leaders. You are the leaders. Be prepared to head off this argument immediately. Your argument to them is, really? If the tax cuts had anything to do with it, how can we raise record income tax revenue? And by the way, due to the one-time expense, I acknowledge we fell a little short on the corporate side. But even with that $100 billion extra, we'd still be $679 billion short with last year's budget. How exactly does the tax cut, what are we going to do about the extra $679 billion? You suggesting cutting spending? No, no, I'm not suggesting that. Okay, so you're a hypocrite. You really don't care about the debt. You only care about hiking taxes. Frauds, frauds. Get ready. 
Get ready. It's coming. All right, folks. Thanks again for tuning in. Hey, I really appreciate all the help yesterday with the subscriptions on iTunes. I told you we had a massive drop-off um, in iOS-based downloads. Everything else is growing exponentially. Downloads at our Bongino site. Um, so please, if you don't mind, it's free. Subscribe. If you've been unsubscribed at iTunes, please resubscribe to the show. It is completely free. Um, if you wouldn't mind, subscribe at SoundCloud. Please subscribe at iHeart. Uh, it's available on Spotify. You can always listen at our website, but the subscriptions really help us a lot. It's completely free. I Thank you. You all came through in the clutch huge yesterday. And please, if you're not getting our emails, if you are not getting our emails, please go to Bongino.com and subscribe to the email list there. Some of you may have been unsubscribed. We did a transition. I'm sorry. If you're not getting the emails, please resubscribe. We got 500 emails yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> you, this audience is mad you guys are you guys are great you got you're incredible thank you and thank you sincerely from the bottom of my heart for making the new york times put my book number 11 on their new york times bestseller list that must have killed them tucker carlson was number two judge janine was 15 and bill o'reilly was number one that must have slayed them and we were number 11 thank you all for right. picking up my book you all are the best let's try to stay on that list so uh, thank you i really appreciate it i'll see you all tomorrow you just heard the dan bongino show Get more of Dan online anytime at conservativereview.com. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.